Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie. How are we this week? How are we going? Yeah, we're, we're all right this week. Look, actually, to be really honest with you, this has been the worst week, like, for about in five weeks, this has been my worst week. I've had a really, really hard, 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 hard week. It's probably like we're already going to make a disclaimer that this is a sensitive episode anyway, but I got to a point, which I don't even think I said to you, that I had enough this week. Like I I genuinely had enough. I had enough of the negative thoughts that were going through my head and I was so fucking exhausted and so tired from not sleeping properly and not thinking properly or thinking too much and I just got in such a state that I cried for oh, a whole day and my husband did what he could to pull me out of it, but it was absolutely horrible. And I think since then, you know, I've had like dips and whatever, but long story mm. short, this has been the worst week yet. And I hopefully will have a better week next week. I've gone to the doctors, I'm changing my medication. There's things that are actually happening, but it is bloody frightening. So, I'm, I'm going to say I'm really lost. I'm lost. I like, I, there's no tools in my toolkit. I'm just, I'm just sitting in it. So yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. I felt like from afar, you seemed like you were kind of on your way back to yourself this week. Like, oh, that's good. That gives me some hope. Take it to your maker page. But, yeah, you've masked that well. Um, How are you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, darling. Of course I'm good because you're still having a shocker. You know what? Maybe we need to change that mentality. You, we actually can both be good at the same time. We can be good together. Yes. But I, um, I'm nervous as fuck. I know. I'm nervous for this episode. This was <laughs> a tricky one. It was. Look, Sophie rarely doesn't talk and is lost for words, but this episode she, I don't she was, Barely there. She was literally like in shock the whole time. I was there. I was just in a fetal position in the corner. Rocking. You were. But tell them what it's about. Yeah, this episode probably needs to come with a fair few trigger warnings and a couple of disclaimers from us because we are nervous to put this out there, but we also think it's super important. Um, We've had a lot of time to think over the past week since we recorded it. Um, I mean, I've had a few inner turmoil moments (laughs) of thinking, and I'm sure you have too, which is probably the last bloody thing you needed. No, actually, do you know what? I am not nervous. I re-listened to the episode and I... I thought it was brilliant and as you're about to say, it is just take from it what you will. It is not something that you need to feel guilty about. It is just a real eye-opener and I thought it was really interesting. Am I going to shut my Instagram down and no one's ever going to see my children? 
Probably not. But, you know, that's a choice that I'm making. I've made different choices in other areas and I'm really grateful that I I listened to this episode. Yeah, I feel the same. So this episode is with Sarah from Secure Foundations. We've had her on before to talk about child safety, which I loved that chat Mm. that focused a lot on like body autonomy, speaking to our kids about consent. This one is purely on online safety. It's not light like our other episodes. Um, You may not come away way feeling better than you felt when you came into it, which is what our aim normally is, but is very difficult with this topic. And this topic we feel is important. Mm. Trigger warning that there are discussions of of child abuse, child pornography, uh, suicide. So it's heavy. And if you're already feeling like you're in a very vulnerable position of parenting, we give you complete permission Mm. to not listen to this episode. We will not be offended. Maybe come back when you're feeling better. But obviously, as we know, before you listen to this episode, we know that there's dark shit out there on the internet. Like Mm. that's not a surprise to anyone. Um, And we also want to give people permission to you, as as Jade said, like use this information as they will. If you want to change nothing, cool. If you want to change everything, cool. I still haven't decided if I'm changing anything, what that will look like, you know, all of that stuff. So um, yeah, we definitely don't want to make feel, anyone feel guilty if their kids have screen time. We know how how difficult parenting is and sometimes that is your only break for the day. So yeah, just take the episode with a grain of salt. I learnt heaps. It was an eye-opener. I've had great discussions since whether that's internally or with other people yeah, <laughs> you've been fighting I'm with spiraling <laughs> I'm fucking spiraling I'm nervous I was a sweaty hot mess when we recorded this I'm a sweaty hot mess under the blanket I'm under right now and yeah <laughs> but more importantly guess what we have coming up this week a bonus episode and it's as light and fluffy and hopefully funny as they come so it will be a great change <laughs> from this we have balanced this week out so we hope you bloody enjoy because it is all your stories about in-laws and I know that you guys are going to love it. But enjoy this one first and then follow it up on Thursday with our much lighter mother-in-law, no, parents-in-law Monster-in-law. <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us back on the podcast today. For those who may not have listened to our previous episode together. Rude. Rude. Are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, why you do it? Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure. It's a real honour. Um, so my name's Sarah Belitho. I'm the founder of a business called Secure Foundations. I help parents of children aged 0 to 5 um, make sense of the early years and support them with behaviour support skills and strategies in a more connected way, moving away from punishment. I have a background in child protection. I used to work for the Child Abuse Task Force in the Northern Territory investigating child sex abuse. Basically, I left that after having had my own son, my firstborn, and relocated down to Perth. And yeah, in Perth, Secure Foundations was born and here I am. And I'm really interested in this topic today because my two older girls are at an age where phones and internet are a massive thing and my husband and I are always in conversation with what's right and what's wrong, how much is too much. So I really just hope that you can give me all the answers so I can walk in like a boss this afternoon and go, right, <laughs> These are the you're rules. all getting off your phones. <laughs> 
And we did. We found, um, you know, our previous conversation was about, you know, child safety in general, talking about consent, body autonomy, what signs to look out for if we feel like someone is, you know, has been inappropriate with our child or anything like that. And we, and we were going to talk about it all at once. And then we realized, no, in today's day and age, online is really its own yeah its own kettle of fish. It's, it's you know, we're constantly torn between like, well, is it safer for our kid to have a phone because then we can contact them or what are they going to find or will they be left out? Does it matter if they're left out? So I guess let's start with, yeah, like is there an age that we should be giving our kids a phone? So I don't think that there's any blanket rule, but do your kids really need to have a phone that's connected to the internet? Do they really need to have a phone that has applications on it? Yes, it's mm. helpful for if kids are getting the school bus, if they are, you know, going to, and we, took, we talked last time about sleepovers. And I think if my kid was to have a sleepover, I would want them to have access to something for them that they could access to contact me should they not feel like they were safe. I think that's really important. Does it need to have the internet? No. Does it need to have apps on it? Does it need to have social media on it? Does it need to have Snapchat on it? No. Are they going to be left out? Possibly, but my my number one job as a parent is to make sure my kids are safe. And sometimes that involves making decisions that they're not going to like. I read something incredible on the internet <laughs> um, <laughs> last week and someone posted, um, are my kids going to be left out if they're not on social media? And then it goes, yes, they'll be left out of bullying. Yes, they'll be left out of, you know, a whole list of yeah. body access image issues, access yeah. to porn, you know, uh, just, and it actually gave me chills to think how much damage is on the internet and these these pure little souls have no idea the severity of it and we as like we as teenagers we got into this whole internet apps and social media. We just need to bring back the Nokia that the worst you could do. 3310, mate. 3310. Yeah, the worst thing you could do was spend too long on Snape. The worst thing I could do was spend a pound on a shit ringtone. Yes. Yes. Or the days where we used to create our own ringtones. Yeah. I'm like, now I'd pay a pound for nobody to ring me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yes, but seriously, going back, I mean, I think it's cut and dry. Like, like you know, it's easy to say, no, don't give it to them. But like, you know, what, what do we say when they're saying like, you know, how do we explain to them why we don't want them to be on the internet? And then obviously once they're in their like teen years, are we still not letting them have a phone I with really internet? I feel like the priority is setting up. And this is where like everything comes back to secure foundations and it comes back to building those relationships of trust, building those relationships of teaching responsibility, of teaching decision-making and good decision-making and actually helping children from a really young age to be able to assess risk. And I think a lot of the time we kind of take that away from them when they're really young, but that's how they start to be able to practice it. And you know, just very recently, there's been a 15 year old completed suicide because he got catfished by a group of girls on an on a social media app. He thought he was chatting to a girl. He was chatting to a group of boys that were bullying him and he's completed suicide. That's another child's life lost to bullying on social media. There's been a four year old who's been groomed by a sexual offender. Like this is just in the last week. Wait, how is a four-year-old? Exactly. Because four-year-olds, five-year-olds, three-year-olds, they've got iPads. You know, there's a little girl I know really well who go, is nearly three years old. She goes to bed with an iPad. 
just have no idea what children are doing on the iPads. Like I'm of the firm belief that any child under seven, there is just no reason for them to have unsupervised access to a device as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I know this sounds really silly, but I was watching the Kardashians. I don't usually watch the Kardashians, but I'm watching their new season. Right, we won't judge you. No, I feel like I'm getting You're judged already, but I just feel like I need some fluffiness at the moment. Anyway, her son came in and was saying, look, 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 and there's a, I started panic because the app she was talking about, Roblox, is an app that, these kids, seven and eight-year-olds and younger, there's heaps and heaps of different games on there, but there was an app with her face on it and it was linked to a porn site or something about that. And I just then thought, holy shit, is that actually, can that actually happen? And I'm sitting there thinking that they're playing a game. So I ran and said to the girls, what comes up when you're watching this, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, mom, this, nothing comes up. There's none of that. We tell you if it comes up and I'm sitting there panicking. You just can't trust it. You can't. It does. It definitely does happen. But even I think about kids watching YouTube and the ads pop up and you click on an ad and then you're on to the next one. And the next thing you know, you're down an absolute rabbit warren of something that's entirely different to the original Frozen Let It Go song that I'd put on for you. (laughs) How did you get there? Even kids YouTube, though, is that still not secure? It's not as secure as you'd like to think it is. It's certainly a better option. Um, but it's still not secure. You know, like even games where people are playing against each other, no idea who, who you're playing against. And if you think about it from a from an offending perspective, somebody that has interests in small children, where are they going to go? They're going to go to the most popular apps. They're going to go to the most, the games that oh they're on because that's where they're going to find what they're looking for. So if we have a child who's like, for example, we have a seven or eight-year-old, all their friends are playing like a game online or, for example, you know, we, we have a child who likes to go on an iPad to play a game and we feel like it's maybe too late to take that off them, are we best to have a really honest conversation with them about the things they could come across so that if they do come across it, they know what it is and they know how to tell us or are we best just to keep them innocent? Like I just think that like like I get it, like I don't want my child to have a phone. I think that when, you know, if they're going to catch the bus or whatever, I'm going to get them maybe one of those watches that doesn't have the internet or whatever. But I just think that like even if we don't allow them access, like who's to say that they're not going to go on their like friend's phone at school yeah. or their friend's iPad here? Like I just think that cutting them off from it completely is maybe not possible. Yeah, so I think there's two things. Well, actually, there's a, there's a few. I think one of them is whatever... <laughs> How long have you got? Whatever <laughs> game your and apps your kids have on their device, download it yourself. Find out what's on there. Find out what happens when you unlock a new level, when you get to the next level. Find out who you can talk yeah. to. Invite those conversations with people. Play it. Play the game. Play them. How do you know what's going to pop up on an app unless you've sat there for three days playing it yourself? You know, like, so whatever app they have on their phone, you need to have that on yours and you need to be the first one that explores it. And then I think next to that is you not having those conversations isn't going to prevent them from coming across it. Do you want the first time for them to find out about danger to be when you're not there? Or do you want the first thing they hear about danger is, do you know what? This is actually out there. This is my job as your parent to make sure that you're safe. And this is what I would like to put in place should you come across something that consists of A, B and C. 
if somebody wants to talk to you on the internet and you don't know who they are, these are the questions that I want you to ask them. Or, you know, these are the things that I want you to tell me. These are the things that I don't want you to tell them. And what kinds of things should we be saying? So give me an example. So I'm your child and I am into online gaming. We don't give out our full name. We don't tell them when our birthday is or how old we are. We don't tell them where we live and we don't tell them which school we go to. So all of those things, you're isolating them from being able to find you, first of all. Yeah. And if somebody asks you for a photo, you tell them that we don't share photos on the internet and you let me know that Sugar Daddy 756 has asked for your photo. So I think they would be the the key things that I wouldn't give out. And that would also be the information that I would never give out about my kids on social media. So if I was to be a person of influence on the internet, I would not want people to know where I lived. I wouldn't want the front of my house ever to be on my videos or stories or photos on static feeds. There's no reason for anybody on the internet of the thousands of people that might follow me if I was to be somebody of influence that would need to know my kid's date of birth or their full name. Because the thing is, right, you giving out all of this information creates a level of familiarity. So should somebody come across my children in the street and then be very recognizable, if nobody knew their name or where they lived, it'd be quite strange for them to strike up a conversation and feel familiar to children. But should you be able to say, hey, Millie, it's going to be your birthday tomorrow and you're going to be turning three. And I know where you live. It's that one down the street with the big red roof. I know. Yeah. I could help you to get home. Oh, my God, I'm literally fucking sweating. I'm about to have an angry No, I actually feel sick. It's actually such a heavy conversation and it's such an important conversation. And it's hard. Do you know, like even, so I don't put my kids on the internet for a whole variety of different reasons, but the very few times that I have, and bearing in mind it still doesn't have my child's face in it, the very few times that I have, my engagement and my insights on Instagram have been through the fucking roof in comparison to what they normally are. I'm like, what is it about me sharing the fact that I have a child on the internet that sends my engagement so high? I don't know the answer, but it, I always consider that. I think there's there's two things. It's like when you post a photo of a really cute puppy yeah. or a really cute thing and babies, they're cute, right? But there's obviously going to be a percentage that are really creepy people looking into your life and you absolutely need to take measures to make sure it's kind of uncomfortable because, you know, we sit here as influencers and our children are on social media. And on ours, not on their own. No, not on their own. Yeah. But they're, we're still show. No, like, I know. I'm not yeah. denying that. I'm here literally yeah. sweating. No, and because they are shown regardless on who is showing mm. them, there's a deep sense of guilt because not that they're naked or not that, you know, any of that's going on, but it's like imagine if there was an obsession out there that someone, I don't know, it actually genuinely makes me feel sick. And the older they get, the harder it is because then, well, in a sense, they say, no, I don't want to do this. And you go, absolutely, that's fine. You know, like that's when you know your boundaries. But as a baby, you just sort of don't think about it. You're like, this is cute. Look at my baby. Yeah. And they're they're creating a digital footprint that's going to last their whole life. Like those photos of kids on the internet will be available forever. And they haven't 
had a choice to say if they want to be on there or not. But if it's just them like smiling or whatever, like is that a problem? Well, they haven't had a choice to say if they could be on there or not. The thing that I consider for me and the one of the main reasons that I don't have my children on the internet is because I have no control over where it goes and that's the bit that I struggle with. I know now why you were very apprehensive at the start <laughs> to have this conversation with us. No, but it's very interesting and I'm with you on all of these levels, but continue. I guess the thing is, right, I want to ask the audience questions that they probably haven't been asked and that they probably haven't had the chance to consider. Mm-hmm. And this is only my perspective. Yes, it's based on my experiences. Yes, I have been exposed to situations and scenarios that I would never wish upon anybody else. But that's also given me an immense sense of privilege to know what is out there to put safeguards in place for my children. So this is my perspective. Yes, it's based on experience. Yes, it's based on research. But if you don't want to change anything, for you and yourselves, that's fine. Like that's, you know, that's your choice. I guess I just want people to consider something else. No, I think it's very, very important. Do you think, I know having social media and the internet has just given another area of, you know, this, you know, where creepy bastards, girls or boys can can do Mm. this. But like, I just remember being a child and not being, like scared to walk down the street and not being scared. Like, remember, we didn't have phones back then. When you said to your mum, I'm catching the bus and I'm going to meet my friend, that was it and that was trust. Mm. Now, even with a phone, we are still frightened of the fact that something may happen. It's like doom and gloom. For Like, I don't know, I just don't see any positive, I mean, I am not in a really good headspace at the moment, but I don't really see any positive outcome for our children and the internet. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up the podcast. Um, see you later. I'm going- it's going to get <laughs> no, better. And I was thinking about this this morning, right? So I believe that the meta platform, so thinking about Facebook and Instagram, has the power to remove child abuse material from the internet today if they gave a shit about it, if they actually cared enough. You think about every single story that ever mentioned the word vaccination, COVID, C-19, every single fucking one of them got filtered out. I'm getting a bit fired up now. And they they, they didn't last an hour on the internet. Pictures of mothers breastfeeding their babies, pictures of females with their nipples out, get censored, get taken down naked children all over the internet they could they've got the power to take them down today if they gave a fuck so why why don't they give a fuck it's where the money is but how are they making money out of child porn because they're keeping these images on the internet they're keeping these people sharing information on the internet which is using their platform sugar daddy steve slid into my dms the other day asking you know telling me how beautifully pretty i was for seven grand a week or whatever Who's Sugar Daddy Steve? How many Sugar Daddy Steve? I don't get Sugar Daddy Steve ever, and I've got a fair amount of followers, so I'm wondering where all my Sugar Daddy Steve's (laughs) are. What are you doing wrong that you don't have a Sugar Daddy Steve? Are you getting your nips out? (laughs) It was sitting in your requests box. But how many, like, you know, (laughs) probably haven't checked them. Actually, 
to Instagram's credit, there are filtered requests that block a lot of people out. Yeah, but I guess what she's saying is if you're able to do that, then surely, I know, like, I agree. you know, like a bot starting a conversation, like, yeah, sure, they're often of a certain template, like they're quite obvious, but surely that is not as obvious as a naked child. Mm. Like they could find it and take it down but what were the questions that you were wanting you were worried but wanting us to consider Um, as an audience I guess my question is always why so I'll tell a story my son was first born however long ago my brother at the time was single and had uh he used to do um like power bodybuilding so was like Mm. quite fit and shared lots of photos on that so had a few followers da 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 And he had a really cute photo of him like holding my newborn son. And he was like, oh, I know you don't want to put it on your social media or whatever, but can I? And I said, if you can give me a good reason as to why, (laughs) then sure. And he was like, oh, you know, chicks are going to love it. I was like, you're not using my child as a pawn to get fucking chicks on the internet. You've already borrowed my dog for that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say your Tinder profile needs a dog or yeah. a baby. Mm. He used to take my puppy to the beach. You can't, you're not going to do the same thing with the kids. And he was like, oh yeah, okay. But what about like um, friends in the UK? I want them to know that I'm an uncle. I said, okay. So is there a reason that you can't send them a photo in a text message of that to the people that you actually want to see it? And he's like, oh yeah. Okay, we'll do that then. You know, if he had a good reason, I don't know what it would have taken for the reason to be good enough, but if he had had a good reason, then sure. But like, he obviously just wanted to rile up his ex-girlfriends to say, look how cool I look with a newborn baby. <laughs> and that's not a good enough reason. Yeah. So I, I yeah. guess the purpose is like always for me and I always think about, you know, I often take photos and I think, oh, they'd be great on the gram. And then I always ask myself, for what purpose? And what do I want? And I guess I have a different platform because people are turning to me for like support for yeah. parenting. So I'm always like, I also don't want to be like, oh, look at me making it look like a piece of piss and it's a doddle because it's not. But yeah, my question is always, who's it for? What's the benefit and why? Why do I feel like I want people to see this? What do I, what am I, what picture am I trying to portray of myself? Mm. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Now, now you're making me think about me and my selfies. I'm sort of just going down a rabbit hole. No, I actually started to like deliberately focus work more on myself rather than interacting my children for this reason. Not entirely because obviously I post Mm. photos and videos of my children, but I started to go down that route of making it more about me that people are following, not my kids. My husband is very anti-internet, anti-social media, very, very, very onto it. And I have to respect that because he is the father of my children. So, you know, he made a point. There are, you know, certain things that he doesn't want shown. And absolutely, even if even if he said, I don't want Billy on there because, with that jumper on, like I have to respect mm. that. Because that's his child. Has he ever said, I don't want you to share the kids at all? No. And if he did, then I absolutely would have a discussion about that and we would all sit down as a family because Mia is nearly nine, Billy's eight or nearly eight, and that would be a discussion that we would all have. But there are days where Billy will say, 
oh, don't film me doing that. And I'll go, oh, okay. And it's actually funny because when I've been going through this big downward spiral, you sort of start to realize how much you are focusing your life on social media and making that real life. And you are detaching yourself from reality. Mm -hmm. And that saddens me because I spend so much time going, oh, this is great. I want to share this with everyone. But when I switch off and actually take it in for myself, for my family, it is a completely different mm. feeling. And I don't, I know I'm getting a bit off track, but I just think that there is so much power to connecting back offline with yourself, with your children. Mm. I guess here today, we're just trying to find that right balance with everyone on how we're going to make that happen in a safe place. Mm. Moving on, because I don't know if that's ever going to come to have an answer. Think, but And it's getting harder as well. Like I think that is getting harder and you know even with the popularity of short form video and reels and you know like if you want to make it continue to make a living on social media which so many of us do if I could delete Instagram tomorrow I'd be the happiest woman in the world but all 100% of my business comes through Instagram that must be such a a pull for you because you you have obviously like I do think that social media can be extremely positive, but I guess you have seen a lot of the negative side. So it must be so hard to then go, yeah, but I also rely on it for mm, business. 100%. And I think going just going back to what you've said as well, Jade, about kids, you know, not wanting to be filmed and I, like, I, I die a little death inside every time I see kids blatantly saying mum stop filming me and you know like mm. parents are kind of laughing and ha 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 nah. they don't like you know and I, I, a little, nah. I die a little death inside I think it's and they feel humiliated yeah and they just they just don't know where it's going and you know like and the dark web as well is such a huge 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 part of the internet and images being sold online and quite often you know people will take a naked photo of a child and blur out genitals or put emojis over nipples and put emojis over penises and that kind of thing and people take those images and will just self-impose genitals onto them so it's not like they can't get rid of the emoji as far as I'm aware but they can still put a penis or a vagina onto a child of with your face your child's face or they'll take your child's face off and put it on another body that is naked Uh, and they could take my child's face and put it onto a naked child and then resell that image even if my child wasn't originally naked people are fucking creeps aren't they people are weird when should we talk to our kids about pornography internet safety and sexting i think it's like as soon as they're on it can you give us an example yeah so yeah you know you might have a conversation with a really little child telling them about what their private parts are this is you know and we talked a little bit about that last time as well these are your public parts these are the parts that you only get out in private spaces if you were using your phone and you happen to see somebody that had their private parts out that would be a bit strange we don't put our private parts on the phone if you were to see someone that had their private parts out you need to tell mummy and daddy or you know whoever you've got at home auntie uncle whoever is your safe people because that would be really strange wouldn't it to have private parts out on the phone anybody could see them we don't do that you know, it might be about, again, like people asking for your private information. You know, we don't, we don't give out our full name and our date of birth on the internet. We don't tell people where we live. We don't give them our address. So just starting out with really simple information, it doesn't need to be that 
you know, we don't give out this information because there's all these really strange creeps on the internet that might want to follow you and take you home one day. Like we don't need to put the the fear of death in them. But I think the information that we want to be giving them is information that can be directly related to keeping them safe rather than making them aware of and fear what's out there. Yeah. And without the answer of there is no safe place, what can parents do to keep our kids safe online and social media if they are on there? I personally think that all devices are only ever kept in public places. We don't have phones in bedrooms. We don't have iPads in bedrooms. We're not taking them into the bath. They're always out in public places. We we share our password. I think if you can start sharing passwords from the get-go, it's not going to be strange when they get to 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and they suddenly have to start sharing a password. We've always done it. You know, perhaps you have like a... I don't know, like for work, I use one password, something like that. So all passwords, every login is in there and they're all shared. We have a family account for passwords. So we all know if you change your password without me knowing, you lose access to it. This is about your safety. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you can start that from a really, really, really young age, then it doesn't become strange or, or like, yeah, it doesn't become weird as they get older. Keeping them off social media accounts for as long as possible. If they have social media accounts, we have access to it, to the back end of their DMs and stuff. What about Facebook kids? That's only linked to your Facebook, but it's just your friends and family. Yeah. Again, I would just wonder why. Why not have a WhatsApp group or why not just have a text message? But is WhatsApp safer than Facebook? messenger it, they're still owned by meta but it's it's encrypted from end to end which facebook isn't as far as i'm aware but it scares me because whatsapp gets deleted doesn't it or does it stay no whatsapp stays snapchat doesn't okay yeah yeah whatsapp is just like messaging but then it's funny isn't it because then it's what's cool so mm. if they want to start this you know when they get older and they want to connect on the internet mm. it's what's cool it's not like my child i'm saying you go on whatsapp she'll be like mum no one's on whatsapp they're all on facebook friend kid messenger and i'd be like well tell them to get on whatsapp <laughs> well we're creating a new kind of cool it's cool to not be cool yeah. i don't know like i just think safety's cool Safety yeah. is fucking cool. I might be an old lady, but I think it's cool to be safe. <laughs> and what warning signs should we look out for? When do you start to be alarmed? Yeah, excessive use, addiction. We know that kids tantrum when we take devices off them. We completely yes. we get that. That's normal. But when it starts to become extreme, when they seem to be preoccupied by it, when they start asking questions that seem new, if they're wanting to go places that they've never been before, how do you know about that place? Why do you want to go there? What is there? Who are you talking to? Who have you got added into your groups? Again, I want I want the passwords. I want to be able to see the back end of it. If they don't want to share passwords, but they've previously been happy to, so they start to become really secretive. Yeah. If you start to notice low mood, depressive type symptoms, anxiety type symptoms, and their device use is up, um, then I would be curious about why. That's kind of happening. I once heard someone say, and I found it quite interesting, that we should never, I mean, I know that, you know, you say that it's best not to punish at all, but that it's like we shouldn't punish with iPads or phones because then 
kids are less likely to tell you if they've stumbled Mm. across something that's unusual because they're worried then that you will turn around and say, oh, well, you know, you you can't use the iPad. And so I heard someone say, like, if you're ever getting, like, you know, obviously if they're using it inappropriately, Mm. you can take it off them. But like to never be like, for an example, if you don't eat your dinner, you're not going to be able to go on the iPad. Mm. And then that maybe when they're on the iPad, they've stumbled across something that they know they shouldn't be looking at. But then they're like, oh, I'm scared to tell mum and dad because then they're not going to let me because they punish with iPad. Does that make sense? 100%. It's a great point, actually. And I think also feeds into the bigger idea of why punishment just isn't effective because you basically just, I mean, you, you kind of just shame children for having a problem rather than helping them with the problem but I think that's a really good point like and it has to be related as well right so sure if you're using the iPad inappropriately if you've lobbed it on the floor and smashed the screen there's no more iPad that's totally (laughs) yeah I'm glad I'm glad there's a boundary on that (laughs) you know what I mean like that's totally relatable but yeah not using the iPad's not related to me not eating my dinner because I'm not hungry or I don't like it so yeah I think that is a really good point and then I think as well like the just the broader picture of why relationships with kids are just so important you know like if we can't help them through the little stuff when they're little I know we can't help them when they're getting death threats on the internet and they're those sugar daddy Steve's offering them a few thousand dollars for a couple of photos and you've got to have that connection open for trust Mm. and even if like I'm very mindful with the girls that if they've got an issue that they come to me with that my reaction is going to be more in favor for them than it is in how I actually feel because Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to come to me if there is a serious issue and if I like I actually would go and speak to my dad over my mum because my mum would love me so much but she had a defense mechanism where she'd go oh that's rubbish and put a wall up whereas my dad was more worried and concerned so there were a lot more questions Mm. so there is absolutely two different ways of handling situations for your child to feel comfortable in coming to you 100 and I always think as well like if you don't know the answer or you're feeling like fuck I don't know what to do here do you know what just say that you know what thanks for telling me babe I'm not sure how I can help you with that right now. Like I'm going to need a bit of time to think about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have to have the answer. I'll come back to you this afternoon. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, I actually feel a bit flabbergasted and I don't know what I'm going to say. Rather than saying something yeah. that I think is going to escalate the situation, I'm just going to come back to you this afternoon. And so if our kids are using devices, do those like restricted access type things, do they work? I think they're a good starting point. I just wouldn't be 100% reliant on them. And I just think, let's be honest, our kids are going to be so much more savvy on any device than we are Mm. because they've literally grown up with it. And then I think as well, like if they grow up using restricted devices, thinking that they've just got a normal device, they've got no idea that it is restricted. Like at what point do we lift that restriction? And then at what point do we say to them, like, oh, this is now a completely different device and it now comes with a new set of rules? But is that not the same as not letting them have a device at all? And then when do you let them have the device? Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just like... It's just one of those things that... You know how we were talking about sleepovers last time and you're like, I would rather instead of restricting my child from having a sleepover, I would rather 
you know, tell them that I'm here if they need anything, if anything feels weird, yeah. like tell them how to be safe, et cetera, et cetera. And, and look, my kids are, are too young. They don't have a phone. They rarely have an iPad because it just causes too much, tam- too many tantrums. But like, yeah, is it not the same thing that if we're just saying like, no, you can't have one at all, you can only have a Nokia. 3210. <laughs> or a, you know, a watch that can just message and call five people. Like is it not going to get to the same point that like they're going to want a phone before they're like 18? Like how do yeah, we, how do we then introduce enough, right? it? Yeah, but the, 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 the things are still there. I know, but wouldn't like, you prefer you f- them at an age where they are near, almost an adult than them being five? Yeah, but I still think sometimes 15-year-olds are much the same as <laughs> <Yeah>. five-year-olds, <laughs> you know, like because they just want to be cool and they just want to do what everyone else is doing and they want to be validated. I don't know. Like, I think yeah. about coming back to the bits that you can control though. So yeah. the device is supervised. We sit together on the device. I know what apps are on there. For how long? At what age do you stop controlling and monitoring those devices? When they've shown that they're responsible for making decisions and they can prove that they can tell you that things are funky out there. Yeah. I think it's about so giving, never really. <laughs> giving responsibility, not denying responsibility, but also trusting them and allowing them to have yeah and you think about the legal age for consent is 16 and I made some terrible decisions at 16 I was still playing (laughs) dolls at 16 (laughs) still had barbie houses (laughs) and so I think you know like and that's like that's a legal age of consent that doesn't mean that people are even getting to that age and so I think we should be having these conversations all of the time like it's not a one and done conversation it's not like we can just be supervising iPads today and then, you know, tomorrow you turn 12, so we're never going to look again. Yeah. Like if you continue to make poor decisions, if you continue to demonstrate that you can't delay gratification, if you continue to demonstrate that you can't take responsibility for your actions, if you, mm. you know, continue to demonstrate that you have really poor impulse control, if you're easily led, it's my job to keep you safe. And that means that I make decisions that you're not going to like. And I think, you know, like... We've done, we've really done a few rounds, I think, with parenting and we've gone, you know, like we've really moved away from children should be seen and not heard from like a, you know, here's the wooden stick kind of perspective. But I actually feel like we've come around to this whole new level of children should be seen and not heard with devices. Yeah. And, you know, like the number of people that I speak to that say, oh, I take my kids out to restaurants all the time. They're really good. I'm going to just give them an iPad. You know, like that's that's a new level of children should be seen and not heard. It's no different. And the difference is when people, when kids were seen and not heard, we'd go out and create and use our imagination and climb trees and do things like that, whereas now it's, all right, I'm just going to go on my And because they're quiet and we're all busy and the world's busy, yeah. it's like, well, that's easy for now. That's easy for everyone. Everyone's no happy. bothering me and I can still go about doing the things that I want to do. So it's almost like you've got to, as a parent, you've got to pull back the the easiness in the sense of, you know, the iPads or the, the hard conversations and like that. Go back to good old TV. <laughs> no, but you know what? Go back to, like we say it, my husband says it to our kids. He sits there and he says, you're watching Netflix. We have 
bought you monkey bars, a trampoline, you have Lego, you have books, 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 books. Never Mm. do you ever say, what I hear you say is I'm bored. And we've lately been saying to them, sit in it then, sit in your boredom and see what comes out of it. And you'll be so surprised what they end up doing when you remove all those things. And I think we want to try and I'm not going to say we're going to because, gosh, you know, probably fall back in a heap next week. But we really want to try and implement having way less screen time, even with movies and things like that. My husband said today, he's like, I just don't want to watch TV before bed. I want to read a book. And I'm like, good, do Mm. it. Like, you know, but it's, it's so easy to fall back into this trap because it's the easy easiest thing. It's all, remember, we were talking about this on the weekend. Remember when we would go on school holidays and you would go to the video store and you'd have the whole amazing, what do you call it, experience of picking out a VHS. A whole amazing experience. Every time I went there, I got in trouble because there was like a $25 late fee. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But that experience of having videos and then going home. You pick one for the weekend. But that's slowing, that's life slowed down. Now it's you've got every video that you can imagine and you don't get excited anymore when you can choose it because it's there. Like I used to get excited for those school holidays that I would get the mask every school holidays and I would watch it for for 7 to 14 days and that was it. And now it's on my TV. I don't give a shit about it. We don't even have to watch the ads. You don't have to wait for the next episode to roll in. You just skip it, skip the credits. But I will say... I think TV makes such a difference to devices. Like we've moved recently and we didn't have like the TV set up and so we have iPads which before we only ever used when we were going travelling and the girls were allowed to use them and the diff like they never watched a show all the way through because they could just click on to something else the amount of tantrums the amount they would ask for it was like 400 percent yeah there was there they have no like I feel like when they're watching a show they have like some understanding of like what else is happening in the room there was like Mm -hmm. like I could have fallen down the stairs and neither of them would even fucking notice like it's it, it I do think it's such a difference and it's safer yeah so do you think we're just being naive like as parents like the the question here again is is it safe to show pictures of our children on our own social media pages do you think that even if we're all listening to this conversation and we continue to do it we're just being naive knowing do you know what I really think I'd love to know what you really think I don't know that I want to know what you think (laughs) go on tell us anyway you know what I just want the decision to be conscious if you've Mm. thought about it if you have an idea about your intention and you've made a conscious decision and you've got a reason for sharing it fine you do that. But what if it's your brother's reason? Picking up chips? I mean, if, if that justifies it to you and you, you're <laughs> happy for your kids to be used as a pawn for your brother's uh, sexual I don't activity, have a brother. then go for it. That's fine. But it, it, it's it's out there. And, you know, the, the child abuse material online, particularly since COVID and since people have been spending a lot more time at home, Online availability of child abuse material is very prevalent, let's just say that. How easy is it for somebody to take your child's face and put it onto the body of a naked child? Exceptionally easy. But why do they need to do that if they've, like, 
got other kids with faces. Well, well and yeah, like as in like and I'm not downplaying, like I obviously feel horrible for whoever that child is, but like I can't protect every child in the world. Yeah, I know. So like why why then does it need someone else's face? But I think she's saying they're just creepy pricks. Like there's it's an opportunity. Possibility, but also there's preferences. Some people particularly like children to look a certain way. They like a particular body type. They like a particular hair. Oh, I'm going to actually fucking vomit. They like particular eye colours. Like the preferences are endless and people's preferences to the things that they like are also endless. So if you want to mix and match, if you've got the perfect body type with the wrong colour hair, you're going to take a face from somebody else. That's how they make what they want. If they can't find and they don't have available what they want, they'll make it. We've gone silent in the room, girls. <laughs> We've been silent a lot this episode because we're just digesting everything that we're saying. And I think if people are listening to this, feeling the same and feeling sweaty and feeling hot and feeling triggered, I would give the same advice that you give to the kids and I would say sit with it. Mm-hmm. Sit with it and explore it and just consider you know, like I'm obviously giving worst case scenarios, but also it is out there. How can you help a child after a traumatic event? Go to therapy. Yeah. Get the child in therapy. Something that's age appropriate, kind of depending on their age and stage of development, but you'd either go to a child psychologist or a seek out a child play therapist. The younger they are, the more I would recommend a child play therapist only because it operates on a level that's not cognitive so it works with feelings not thinking but as they get older and even for some young kids just depending on kind of what's happened but yeah definitely seek out therapy as early as you possibly can and also think about the impact that that's had on you as a parent as well Mm. and consider some kind of professional intervention for yourself as well because I think often when kids experience something that's you know significant in their life and quite traumatic we also tend to respond with a trauma response and that often yep. impacts. And so then we kind of transfer. Um, Absolutely. And Vice versa. Feelings. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I think both. If you suspect that something has happened, report it. There's never going to be any harm in reporting it. If it turns out to be nothing, you've not lost anything. But, yeah, I guess just another thing as well, I would probably consider if you have a large platform taking out of the bio, things like children's names and ages in the bio. Quite often people will come across profiles, particularly things like, oh, you know, single mom, Ethan seven, Jack's four, Noah two, somebody that has a preference for that kind of age of children would probably be more likely to hit follow on that account and seek out a relationship with that single mom for access to the children. Oh, that's like it's a really, really common way of finding what you're looking for particularly now that Instagram have changed you know the length of that you can have in your, yeah oh is it bigger now it's bigger now good because yeah. I've had a lot to say and I've never been able to <laughs> pop it in my bio <laughs> oh my God, now's your chance to shine Jake yeah so just think about the information that people first come across when they stumble or don't stumble but actively seek out your profile even location, like unless you're a brick and store, square. like unless you're a brick and store shop or you work with brick and store shops, there's probably no reason for people to know where you live. 
as a first point. All right, grounds oh. a cabarita and get into leader. More like as a, as a first point of call. No, but that's that's the Airbnb, isn't it? That's a ha- that's a brick and mortar house. Like that's yeah. a business, separate business to what you do. She does not live there and neither do the kids. Yeah, there you go. Sugar Daddy Steve, 760. <laughs> oh, stop it. We're going to have fucking nightmares tonight. I'm not going to leave. let my kids leave the farm ever. They'll be just sitting here. In their boredom. <laughs> oh, boredom is the bridge to creativity. It is. It is. All right. Well, Sophie, Sophie does. <laughs> I have never said so little. She's lost for words. In any any hour of my life ever. I yeah. probably speak more in my fucking sleep than I've spoken yeah. in the last 50 minutes. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't know. I'm just having an existential <laughs> crisis. <laughs> Honestly, feel my palms. Oh, mine are hot too. Oh. Anyway, well, thanks for that. <laughs> Ignorance was I'm bliss. never going to speak to you again. <laughs> no, it's an in, in, incredibly important conversation and we are so glad to have you on the second time to talk about online. Look, it's uncomfortable and obviously you can tell from our point of view we have been quite uncomfortable throughout this conversation, <laughs> but if you can't listen to things that are uncomfortable for the safety of your children, then, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. So I guess like just, and just to wrap up, I think make choices from a place of consciousness, consider your intent and consider your number one job as a parent is to ensure that your children are safe, even if that means that you make decisions that they don't like. I'm going to go drag Sophie and put her in the car so she can go home to her. I need a cold shower. Can you get her a cold drink of water? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you so much for this conversation. It's important. It's fine. Like, you know, she's <laughs> uncomfortable. I'll be fine. Um, yeah. Just going to go reconsider my life. For any, more, for any more tips, you can head to our, our show notes and you can also speak to Sarah via her Instagram, which is at Secure Foundations. Yep. I am also working with a really good friend of mine used to be my team leader in the child abuse task force. And she's now a dear friend and is coming along to work with me at secure foundations. She's like two master's degrees in forensic science is a fucking nerd, but also a legend. And she works with sex offenders and juvenile sex offenders. Like that's her, that's her thing. And we are working together to put together a webinar for parents specifically around exactly this topic so how to keep children safe teaching them protective behaviors wow well let us know it's going to be a road show down the track but we're not there yet (laughs) okay all right i can wait to listen but i will still tune in (laughs) she'll need a breather (laughs) yeah please take your time in developing that yes thank you so much sarah yeah no worries see ya thanks for listening to this episode of beyond the bump if you enjoyed it please subscribe and give us a review if you didn't good on you You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.